And oftentimes you'll find some people are really good at interviewing, but if their job is not sitting in a room answering questions about their past experience and their job actually requires, you know, doing things or creating things in the interview process, you definitely want them to have some exercises that mimic what their real job is. And so we, we waste a lot of time and money not hiring the best people and not filtering them for, you know, fit. Regardless of if we are like 90% sure that this is a candidate we want, we always still make sure we put them through a pretty rigorous interview process. I'm Nancy Liu, and I'm the co-CEO and co-founder of Blaze.Tech. This is Code Story. The podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Lapart. Today, how Nancy Liu created a solution to solve problems of the past by building a smarter, no-code platform. All this and more on Code Story. Nancy Liu is from Colorado and went to school at UC Berkeley. In college, she immediately started her entrepreneurial journey by starting a biotech company and then eventually starting tech companies. She built and sold a company called Inplug, which was the number one open digital signage software company. Outside of tech, she has kept a full life as well, producing TV shows, one of them winning an Emmy, snowboarding, and playing piano and cello. At her prior company, Nancy experienced her non-technical team members consistently needing some sort of tool to solve a problem, and as such, waiting around for engineering resources to be freed up to build it. When their company got acquired, she and her co-founders knew exactly what they wanted to build next. This is the creation story of Blaze. So Blaze.Tech is a no-code platform where we enable people to build custom software and applications without writing any code. So this can be anything from building internal tools, like if you wanted to create a very custom CRM, admin panel, your custom inventory management software, you can build it all inside of Blaze without, again, needing any technical knowledge. We have a visual interface that allows you to drag and drop and be able to get really creative, basically unleash your entrepreneurial abilities without needing to you know, use an engineer or hire an engineer. I would say Blaze.Tech really started as something that we needed at our last company, so the digital signage software company. So even with that company, like we had a lot of employees all over the world. We had a big engineering team. And then, of course, the other half of our team, they're product folks, operations folks, sales and marketing folks. And there was always some kind of tool, an application, uh, an automation workflow or something that our non-technical teammates needed to build. And they would always wait around for an engineer to be able to help them with this productivity tool. And so it was always this, you know, this obstacle, this hurdle. We have our engineers that are building our core product, and it's just so hard to take their time away to then build an internal tool. And so we had this problem in the back of our mind for a while. And then when our company got acquired, my same co-founders and I pretty much knew exactly what we wanted to build next, which is build a platform that solves for one of the biggest problems we had at our last company, which is empowering our non-technical teammates to be able to build apps and software that help their work. Let's dive into the MVP, 
So that first product you built, how long did it take you to build? And what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? I think of the MVP as a combination of different things. And we we rolled out, it was so funny, we called things like Alpha 1, Alpha 2, Alpha 3. We didn't even want to call it a beta product or MVP because uh, that implies, I think, a lot more features than we necessarily had. And I think what we learned from our last company is just roll things out as quickly as possible and just get customer feedback. So we started the company in January 2022, and we started getting alpha customers in March. And so these alpha customers were just people that were in my friend network. I posted on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, guys, started a new company. We enable you to build internal tools uh, and databases without any code. Sign up. It's free right now for any alpha customers. And so at that time, what we had built was basically ability to create a database and be able to visualize, basically have CRUD features like create, uh, be able to edit, update, delete entries in your database and be able to connect into databases ranging from Postgres database to MySQL, enabling people to, again, just be able to interact with their database. So that was really one of the the first uh, versions. And yeah, we got it out end of month three. And some of those alpha customers that uh, we have are now our full-on paying customers who've stuck with us uh, since then. With any MVP, you've got to make certain decisions and trade-offs around, you know, feature cut, debt acceptance, and you're, and you're talking about some of those at a high level, but tell me about them in a little more detail, those decisions you had to make and how you coped with those decisions. A lot of it was, you know, we want to make when you log in somewhere, you know, this beautiful, this onboarding tool with all these different templates of apps. We didn't have any of that in our alpha product. Our alpha product, it was strictly, hey, you want to go and interact with your database without writing SQL queries. We want to enable you to just literally connect to your database in a no-code way and then be able to create tables, be able uh, to create pages that allow you to filter and search for data and all of that. When you logged in, I mean, there was really nothing of like this beautiful landing page when you logged into the Blaze.Tech dashboard. You jumped right into our editor with all the different drag and drop components. And we really didn't have that many drag and drop components or widgets that you can use. It was really just a set number. And then, of course, with a lot of, you know, no-code tools, there's these, you know, tutorials that oftentimes you'll see. We didn't have that. Our tutorial was me or one of uh, my co-founders jumping on a call with the alpha customer and explaining to them, hey, here's what this button does and here's what that does. Basically pointing them to our website for some examples of other tools that people have built. So then from that point, how did you progress the product and mature it? And, and to kind of wrap that in a box, what I'm looking for is, how did you build your roadmap? How did you decide, okay, this is the next most important thing to build with Blaze.Tech? I think roadmap, sometimes it's one of the hardest things to determine. What we learned from our last company, um, especially when we're working with businesses, so we're very much a, a B2B SaaS platform, is we take a lot of feedback from our customers and the customers who are willing to pay, even if it's a small dollar amount. And that's what we started doing. You know, after the first set of free customers, then the next set we started charging, you know, actually some dollar amount, uh, although it was super little, it's like $10 per user. And we uh, would share, 
okay, here's what we are releasing. Do you have feedback? And we literally have the customer conversation or sometimes they'll email us and say, oh, hey, I was looking to do this. How do I do this inside of the Blaze.tech platform? For example, you know, I want to connect into uh, my Stripe platform do you guys have a Stripe integration? And it's like, well, we didn't have it at the time, uh, but this is great customer feedback. This is a person that has already invested time in building a tool in our platform and they want to expand it. They want to add payment functionality. They want Stripe. So we immediately go and implement that. Uh, some of the requests that are paying customers wanted, it turns out that lots of other paying customers want it too. And so we very much will change and update and adapt our product roadmap based on the customer feedback that we have. So there are things that we didn't think we were going to get to until you know the subsequent year of our company, but we moved so much quicker on so many things because we had immediately, you know, one example is that we weren't originally planning in our first year in our roadmap was being able to do some data visualization, doing graphs and charts based on somebody's database. And we were able to release that immediately because we had a number of customers who said, hey, I would like to just do basic data visualization on my database. And so we launched that. And uh, again, originally that was not in our year one uh, timeline. So let's switch to team. So how did you go about building your team? And what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? The reason why I think we were able to just very quickly sign on board, you know, Fortune 500 companies, startups, and every kind of company in between was really the speed at which our team was able to move and build product that was very different than what's out there. Um, so for... Uh, the team, actually the first nine people in our company, they were all from our last company. They were our top engineers from the last company. And um, I always say, you know, you don't know if you're really a good boss or not until, you know, you start a new company and see if the people, your best people from the last company will join you because, you know, everyone will tell you you're a great boss when you're they're working for you. But it's the start a new company, ask them, hey, you want to come along for this new ride and see if they come along. And we were super grateful um, that all of our top engineers joined us um, at Blaze. And this, as a startup, made a huge impact in our speed to getting that alpha product. To get an enterprise SaaS with uh, a lot of security functionality within three months is, I would say, pretty rare. It was actually one of the things uh, when we did uh, our uh, review at the end of the year with our team, they, the engineers were like, we just didn't think that we could get that initial product out with actual users within three months and do it so quickly. And, and it's really because we didn't have to train the team. We didn't have to spend recruiting dollars, you know, hiring a recruiter to go find teammates, didn't have to spend time, you know, testing, are they capable? Uh, we use Angular, you know, we didn't have to train engineers to use that. It was, we had used um, that in our, at our last company. And so being able to, from day one, immediately people are just sprinting to release features and product was super helpful. So that's how we got the initial uh, group of people. Something I also learned from the last company is we will pay extra for great talent. And I made tons of mistakes at my last company. You know, we have limited budget. Um, and I was, you know, straight out of college and I would just hire like my friends. And so we probably just didn't hire the best people. We hired people who were really new at whatever they were, their responsibilities were. This time around, it's we just want to hire the best and we're willing to pay more for the best talent. 
And so with that, um, you know, some of the platforms we use for recruiting is we use AngelList, which has been a really great resource for us. We liked LinkedIn. We like asking for people in our network. Um, and then we give incentives for people in our team to recommend uh, their friends. Let's talk about scalability. Super important. So did you build this to scale efficiently from day one, or have you been fighting this as you grow and gain traction? We also learned from our last company, you really want to, at least for us, because we're building a B2B enterprise SaaS company. And again, we have um, like some of our early users, they were the big companies that use Uh, our product from the last startup. And uh, when they saw that they could easily build a lot of internal tools in Blaze.tech, they immediately signed on board and were working with millions of rows of data for some of the databases they're working with. So really from day one, we had to be very scalable. We saw other no-code tools where it's like, you got to pay for extra rows of data and things like that. And we just said, no, we want our platform to be uh, encouraging people to store as much data as they want and be able to create as many tools as they want. And so because of that philosophy that we had as a company, we just had to make our platform very scalable from day one. And not just on the scalability side, um, which it's it's hard to do sometimes, but because we had the experience at the last company, that was helpful. And plus my co-founders, they were uh, the original developers on creating Microsoft SQL Azure. They just know how to build massive, highly scalable systems. So that was helpful. The other thing that we did from day one that was super important is our internal controls and security. So uh, setting ourselves up to get what's what's called a SOC 2 Type 2 certification is one of the top certifications you can get as a software company. And the reason we started setting it up to be able to get the certification just from day one is once you have a company that's really established to then go back and change so many of your systems to then become SOC 2 type 2 compliant is really difficult. We had to do that at the last company and it took like two years to do that. And there are some big software platforms out there that, you know, actually aren't SOC 2 type 2 compliant. Uh, But we were able to get that certification because from day one, we just set up the internal controls and our security data privacy to be able to pass the SOC 2 type 2 audits and, and tests. Well, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? I am most proud of being able to build a product that is being used um, by so many people. And I think being able to enable people that, again, didn't think they could build applications or custom software and now seeing that they can I think I get very excited in seeing the different types of companies that we impact. We work with startups where they don't have any engineers. They're building their entire product and their internal tools all inside of Blaze. And then it's really cool to also see these Fortune 500 companies and teams inside of these massive global companies that are building things from HR apps um, to automated invoicing tools. And so that's one thing that I'm just really proud of, just people using the product and finding a lot of value for it. Okay, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. There's so many mistakes. Let me just preface it with that. At our last company, I would say one of the mistakes I learned is you just want to make sure you hire great, great people. A mistake that we had is we didn't have a very strong interview process 
at our first company. It was like, oh, hey, that person was you know referred to us, and they're they're just great. Let's just go and hire them. And, and it's like they speak to one person in the company, and then we're like, all right, you're hired. And we didn't make them go through any exercises. And oftentimes, you'll find some people are really good at. Interviewing, but if their job is not sitting in a room answering questions about their past experience, and their job actually requires you know doing things or creating things in the interview process, you definitely want them to have some exercises that mimic what their real job is. And so we we wasted a lot of time and money not hiring the best people and not filtering them for you know fit. And so for Blaze, regardless of if we are like ninety percent sure that this is a candidate we want, they were recommended to us, they had great credentials, etc. We always still make sure we put them through a pretty rigorous interview process. They speak to multiple people on the team. They do a skills test. That encompasses basically things that they would do on their job. So, for example, if it's a person that we're interviewing for sales, we would ask them to write、uh, responses to possible sales emails or customer objections that they might receive.、Um, if we're hiring for engineers, our CTO and other engineers will give them technical questions and have them solve case study problems. What that does is it shows the dedication and it sets the tone for your new teammate that you really are diligent with everything you do. And so when they come into the company, they know that we're process oriented, and they already can get a sense of the culture. Is that we really care about making sure that people are the best at what they do. The reason we have these things in place is again learning the hard way, making the mistake of not having a good、uh, interview and recruiting process. Well, this will be fun to ask. What does the future look like for Blaze Tech, the product, and for your team? For the product, it is expanding more and more functionality that you can only right now do with code. We want to go and enable people to do without writing code. So it is things like very complicated workflow, where when one action results in you know three automated、uh, updates across your systems, maybe that includes sending out. A email notification.、Uh, it means updating some other third-party database that's connected to the system. It means updating a dashboard that you've built in Blaze、uh, that's calculating, you know, the amount of revenue generated by a certain product category of yours. And so, a lot of these things we've we found is again requires code on all these other platforms. And for us, it's anything that right now you have to do with code. We're going to show you in Blaze that you don't need to do it with code. That's、uh, really all of our product roadmap and what it looks at. And of course, long term, what my vision for Blaze is is making anyone that's not technical have the capabilities of doing any kind of technical custom software development. Just unlocking people's capabilities that they never thought they had or could do. Let's switch to you. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person, or many persons, or something that you look up to, and why. I'm pretty picky with the people I spend time with, and I think that's because I recognize how、uh, influenced I am with the people around me.、Um, one of my favorite quotes is, "You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with." And、uh, when I've shared that with some. Some people they're like, oh man, I got to get some new people to spend time with. But I really do believe that quote. And so the people that I'm most influenced by 
of course, my friends and my co-founders. So my co-founders, Bruno and Tina, they are machines. I've just never met somebody so hardworking. My friends all think I'm like really hardworking. I'm a workaholic. It doesn't compare, I think, to Bruno and Tina. They they truly are just machines. And so they're super competent. They're really high integrity, awesome, fun people. And so they influence me because I spend a lot of time with them, interacting with them every single day, talking about our team, our product. What they influence me on is get things done, like go hustle, A-B test things, go and break things and just just do. Don't sit on something and, you know, dwell like, is this feature going to be good or not? Sometimes you just don't know. You got to just go do it or um, not necessarily fully implement it, but talk to a customer, ask them, hey, I've got this functionality. Is it close to what you were looking for? And basically just just hustle. Um, the other folks um, that obviously influence me are my friends. So all of my friends are other really successful co-founders. That, that truly is the people I spend a ton of time with outside of work. And they're all really inspiring. And so, um, of course, there's lots of, you know, founders out there, lots of CEOs. And I think the ones that I really filter for are people who are just good people. They care not just about work, but they care about doing good in the community. We relate in in that respect. We like to have fun with a group of my uh, CEO friends. We have this like exotic car group where we will go race cars together. Like we like to have fun. Having that reminder of life is not just about work and building, but it is about enjoying and being able to give back. And so, yeah, um, one of the things I loved is in my uh, bachelorette group, we went to Cabo. Every single person was a super badass founder or CEO or executive. We flew on one of my friend's private jets there. Another friend who is one of the one of Forbes' wealthiest self-made women, she then surprised me with this like private fireworks show. And so I would say that's another uh, influence where they show me how to be a great friend and have fun um, and enjoy life. So yeah, on the, the work front, definitely my co-founders on the fun uh, outside of work stuff, got uh, just great friends that influence me. Okay, we talked about a mistake earlier, but a little bit different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different or where would you consider taking a different approach? One of the things that I would maybe do differently from uh, day one is how we thought about pricing, um, because pricing impacts the kinds of customers that you're getting. Early on, I think we made our pricing such that people were like, ah, like it's so cheap, this this product, like is it going to have the, the quality? Although we still make it very affordable, and I would say we're incredibly affordable compared to any of the, the low-code solution to build the same kind of application you can build in, in Blaze, when we actually increased our pricing, it got us more leads and more customers because people are like, oh, okay, I got it. This is a serious product. I can build a highly scalable tool or application inside of Blaze. Whereas when we were charging, you know, really small dollar amounts, it, it kind of just made people feel like, ah, this is, I'm not uh, thinking this is a tool that I would necessarily have to invest a ton in because it's so cheap. I can cancel any time. Um, so that's something that we, we changed. Another thing I would probably have done earlier is for a lot of the companies at the beginning, it was, we just threw them inside of the Blaze platform and just said, okay, 
just go and build. And now what we do is we have a whole implementation team that helps our customers set up their application because we realize one of the biggest hurdles for people when they're using any kind of tool, whether it's no code or a low code tool, it is just setting up exactly what you need. Instead of having to spend days or weeks trying to figure it out, our team with you on a call for an hour just immediately sets up the exact tool that you need and you can now be productive. You can it actually solves your problem instead of creating a new problem for you which is trying to figure out how to use a new platform. Those are two things that I would have done differently. Last question. So you're getting on a plane and sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. This is a regular plane, not a private jet. <laughs> What advice would you give that person having gone down this road a bit? They've got the product there. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give them? I would say go immediately. Just launch whatever app MVP it is and start asking for feedback on your target audience. Don't ask people that aren't going to be users of your product if they think it's good or not. That's not going to help you. That's going to be a waste of time for you and for them. ask the people that will find or who you think will find your product valuable and then also ask them how much would you pay for this and so i say go move fast get feedback from the right people that's fantastic advice well nancy thank you for being on the show today thank you for telling the creation story of blaze.tech thank you so much for having me noah and this concludes another chapter of code story Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Labhart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.